This is Safe Zone, the podcast by OHS Canada, the national occupational health and safety magazine published by Annex Business Media. You've tuned in to hear conversations with Canadian safety professionals on the latest in OHS trends and research. This episode is brought to you by Fall Protection Equipment Company, Pure Safety Group. PSG provides products and services such as training, engineering, and on-site consultation to companies with workers at height in construction, oil and gas, energy, utilities, telecom, mining, and transportation. For more information, visit puresafetygroup.com. Hello and welcome to Safe Zone, OHS Canada's national podcast for health and safety professionals. I'm your host, Marcel Vanderweer, editor of OHS Canada. I'm joined today by Andre Pelland, Senior Compliance and Quality Assurance Manager at Pure Safety Group in Houston, Texas. Welcome, Andre, and thank you for joining me for this conversation. Yeah, thanks for having me. Today, we'll be chatting about CSA standards regarding fall protection. We will hear from Andre about how the standards work, how updates to the standards affect equipment selection, how users can stay up to date, and best practices for organizations when it comes to complying to the standards. So without further ado, let's hear from you, Andre. Can you give me a history of CSA standards uh, and how long have we had them? Yeah, to give you a brief history on CSA and, and you know, just for the sake of the conversation, uh, CSA stands for the Canadian Standards Association. So when CSA was formed, I guess that that goes back to the 1950s. It was previously known as the uh, the Canadian Engineering Standards Association, which was an initiative by the British appointed to Canada uh, in the early 1900s. And then it slowly started to add on more standards and it caught more traction. So within the 1990s, they came up with the the more modern standards to, to set for specific equipment for fall protection. Some of these standards uh, were already written in the 1970s, not only CSA, but EN and ASSE also had started writing some of these standards, which were more specific to industry and, you know, the principle of fall protection. So, you know, it evolved, I guess, from that in the 1970s. And what we currently follow were versions of the standards that were really started in, I'd say, the 90s. So... We've been following these for about 20 to 30 years, so you know it just goes to show how new this publication that, that we're now following is. Who sets CSA standards, and how do they decide when there needs to be an update or modification to an existing standard? Yeah, so the, the CSA standards are, are controlled by the CSA group, which set certain rules that you know standards have to be updated at least every 10 years. And, you know, they're written by voluntary groups uh, of interest in the safety industry. And those range from manufacturers, distributors, end users, people who are you know, in everyday contact with the equipment, that they, they have an insight on, you know, certain design requirements that, you know, the manufacturers have to follow. Andre, what's the difference between CSA compliant and CSA certified? Yeah, so the difference between CSA compliant and CSA certified is a question I probably get every single day. The difference is that anything that's CSA compliant uh, would be a self-proclaimed compliance statement. And that means the manufacturer tests and then all and then all they do is write the standard on you know their labeling and instructions. 
And then CSA certified is a certification from a, a company called CSA International, which is separate from CSA Group. They're considered a third-party testing facility, and you know they test the equipment, they log your your bill of materials, and they give you the certification and allow you to use the CSA monogram on the product. When people are selecting safety equipment, so in this case, we're talking specifically about fall protection products, what are the best resources in your mind to understand which product to select for which application? Yeah, it's a, it's a good question. And um, I guess it's, it's important to follow a very strict set of rules. And I mean, this is, it's well known for, you know, for fall protection experts that we follow the hierarchy of fall protection, which is uh, in, in sequence of elimination, passive and restraint. Last resort would be fall arrest, which means elimination would be, for example, you would just use a drone or something to do an inspection instead of going on the roof. And then passive would be to set barriers like a guardrail on, on the perimeter of a roof. Restraint would be a matter of you know tying yourself off with uh, a restraint lanyard, making sure that you can't reach an edge. And fall arrest would be that you're putting yourself in the scenario where you could potentially fall. So by following this fall protection hierarchy is um, how you would usually select your equipment. And then each individual should be trained before they work or potentially work at heights to understand this. How are CSA standards organized? Are they federal or provincial or state? And do they vary by industry? Well, the standards themselves are, like I, like I mentioned earlier, are written by you know the CSA group, which is voluntary. The standards themselves are, are written by the group and they're used by, by legislators. You know, there's provincial legislations referring to the standards. There's also uh, a federal legislation referring to these standards. So the standards ultimately are point of reference. Like they're not used by a governing body. They simply refer to a professional's manufacturing standard. So you would go in any of these provincial regulations and you would you would see a reference to uh, a harness standard, which is written by CSA there would be no reference in the actual legislation as to what the content of that standard is. If that makes any sense, put it in a nutshell, the, the standards are not written by any federal or provincial body. They're written by, you know, everyday people that manufacture the equipment, use the equipment and sell the equipment. That's a great response. Um, Andre, how can a user of fall protection equipment stay up to date on changing standards? Well, there's a variety of ways. Um, and I'd say the, the easiest way to stay up to date on CSA standard is um, by having you know, some involvement with the CSA group or at least being in touch with people that are sitting on the, uh, the CSA group uh, committee and subcommittees to get the inside track on the development before the standards are even published. But if you have absolutely no ties to the group or anybody who's sitting on the committee, it's very hard to keep track of the, the, the changes because you're only going to know about them once the, the standard's been published and released for sale 
uh, by the CSA group. Is there a difference between the standards and industry expectation? If so, how can people tell the difference and can you give some examples? Yeah, in Canada, it's become customary for product to bear the CSA monogram um, as it makes it more convenient when, when inspectors are inspecting products. So anybody that's doing field inspection from you know the ministry has to do some sort of a skim through the whole product line and just looking out for that CSA monogram. Uh, it, it definitely makes it a lot easier. So with that, I mean, people have adopted the CSA certification to make it a lot easier to spot a product that is compliant with the standard. Otherwise, it's simply literature that you're looking for. I, I'd also highlight that certain standards haven't been adopted as well as others uh, due to the parameters being narrow. So it applies for the majority of the product, but it doesn't apply for all of them. So uh, some people have to be uh, a little more educated when, to know the difference. While CSA standards are important, Andre, tell us more about some challenges with them, such as potentially lag time for implementation. Yeah, um, it varies. Uh, standards in some cases do have really tight parameters. Uh, the issue with standards, some are published and released without having any viable way of testing. And then sometimes we pushed a little too hard on some of the parameters uh, to make them more stringent, to have a safer product, but you know, we don't have the means to actually test them yet. Just for an example, there was a, a self-retracting device standard that was released in 2014, and the manufacturers weren't ready uh, to move forward with it, and it was actually retracted. Uh, so they, they, published it, they published it, it was for sale, uh, and then they retracted the standards. And then it wasn't re-released until 2017. So for that specific standard, there was you know, a huge lag time. And then in addition to that, there was quite a bit of time before people were actually needing to be compliant with that standard. Because like I said, the industry standard is for people to be CSA certified for, for all their products. And I think the majority of manufacturers weren't actually certified to the 2017 standard until late 2018, uh, you know, early 2019. So it could take years for an implementation of a standard, depending on the product. I mean, some of them are instantaneous, where uh, the harness standard, for example, they made a revision in 2018 that didn't really hold any major changes. So I don't even think the public had any idea that the, the standard changed. Uh, it went from a 2012 version to 2018 version, and there wasn't any lag time in that. The changes were so minimal that they happened overnight and then people had they had products certified to the 2018 version of the standard uh, and the end users probably didn't even notice or I'd say the majority didn't notice. Andre you've given us a, a great summary of the CSA standards what best practices now can businesses take to make sure that they are in compliance? I guess the best practice for businesses to make sure they have, you know, proper budget for expansion in their testing programs, uh, to have visibility over the latest revisions of the standards and the legislations, and having full vis visibility of what's supposed to be happening in the near future is very important versus 
you know, knowing that you have to make a change uh, at the last second. So having insight, you know, having the proper budget, the proper testing equipment is all very important in making sure uh, that you're, in, you know, full compliance with the CSA standards and their new revisions. Andre, we've we've had a pretty in-depth conversation on the standards. Is there anything more that you feel you would like to share about them that we might not have touched on? One of the most important things I, I think for you know everybody in the Canadian market to know is that education is key, uh, where you could set all the, the legislation, all the standards, but if you know people are not educated and not trained properly, these standards are not very, you know, they're not very useful uh, for people unless they know how to use them. Understanding the content is key for all of this. And then knowing where to find it is also another big point is that this materials published and sent out into the world and nobody really knows it exists in some cases. So it's very important to know where this information is, know when it's updated. Uh, so you could be in you know, compliance with the, the latest regulations and standards. Thank you, Andre, for your time and expertise on this topic. Wishing you a great day. Yeah, you too. Thanks a lot. This episode is brought to you by Fall Protection Equipment Company, Pure Safety Group. PSG provides products and services such as training, engineering, and on-site consultation to companies with workers at height in construction, oil and gas, energy, utilities, telecom, mining, and transportation. For more information, visit puresafetygroup.com. Thank you for tuning in to Safe Zone, the podcast by OHS Canada. To hear more of our episodes or to find the latest workplace safety headlines from across the country, visit ohscanada.com.